Welcome to today's webinar on the power of cell painting and AI in pharmaceutical innovation. It's my great pleasure to welcome Niranj Chandrasekharan from the Broad Institute. Together with Niranj, we will talk about cell painting and AI technologies in the advancements of drug discovery. Once again, a great welcome to you all, and I hope you find this webinar informative and inspiring. Let's get started with the interview. Hello, Naranj. It's, it's a pleasure for me to welcome you here to the Selima Talks, and thank you again for agreeing to this interview. And I'm looking forward to your exciting conversation with you. And I think it's it's best to start with a brief introduction of yourself and your scientific background. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Stefan, for inviting me here today. Uh, I am Niran Chandrasekharan. I'm a postdoc at the Imaging Platform at the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. I primarily have been working on the Jump Cell Painting Project. Uh, it is a data generation project uh, where we created the largest publicly available cell painting data set. Uh, it's a data set that comprises of both images and extracted features from cells. Uh, these And these cells were treated with over 150,000 chemical and genetic perturbations. So this is one of a kind. There is no such data set available publicly, at least right now. And we are excited to make uh, fun dis biological discoveries from this data set. So, um, my background uh, before I joined the lab uh, was in primarily in um, computational biophysics, where I studied protein dynamics. But since then, I've made a shift to image-based profiling, and it's been a wonderful shift. I've learned a lot, and I'm very excited to be working on the Jump project. Wonderful, exciting, and very interesting. And I, I think we will listen to some of your new insights from the Jump CP project as well, maybe uh, during our talk. But let's start with the interview, which I let's dive into it, um, and which brings me to my first question. Niranj, how we, we're talking about cell painting, and what's your opinion? How can cell painting contribute to the identification of potential drugs in early pharmaceutical development? And in your, in your opinion, what are the specific advantages of this technology compared to conventional screening methods? Yeah, so cell painting and image-based profiling, the approach that uses cell painting in order to make uh, discoveries, uh, these are kind of novel uh, techniques and methodologies that have just started uh, finding use cases in uh, in pharmaceutical research, uh, primarily as a, uh, as a primary screen approach. The way, the reason that it works well is because of, I guess, a few reasons. Uh, the first one being that it's really high throughput in nature, uh, which would be one of the main things that you might need for a primary screen, because you would want to uh, investigate a lot of compounds or lots of genetic perturbation uh, uh, simultaneously and then zero in on specific uh, lead candidates that you want to further investigate. Um, so cell painting and image-based profiling being high throughput naturally lends itself to that. 
And on top of that, uh, the assay is extremely cheap and it's very easy to perform. That makes it uh, a wonderful tool in your pharma, uh, pharmaceutical discoveries or pharmaceutical uh, research. Uh, it's also quite sensitive. So even very small differences between uh, effects of compounds or genetic perturbation of the cells can be identified using this method. And lastly, it's also pretty quick to perform, uh, starting from performing the uh, experiment with the assay, the image capture and analysis, data analysis, and even discoveries. All this can be done sometimes even within a week, depending on the experiment that you're performing. So all these things together make it an exciting technology in uh, pharmaceutical development uh, and primarily as a primary screen approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you completely. <laughs> uh, and what do you think in, in which areas of pharmaceutical research has cell painting already delivered promise, promising results? And which areas of application do you think could be developed in the future? Yeah, I think the, one of the most common applications of cell painting and image-based profiling has been in MOA discoveries. Uh, this approach seems to work really well uh, when we are in the compound space, especially when we are trying to determine the mechanism of action of uh, unknown compounds or, or new mechanism of actions of compounds which are already known. Uh, but apart from this, there have also been several other applications uh, recently, uh, not just recently, but in the last few years um, that have been published, which include things like determining uh, functions of uh, genes. It could be novel functions of genes or uh, identifying disease states and how you may be able to revert them using uh, compounds or any other treatments. Um, it has been useful in predicting outcomes of some other complex assays, which I think is where, which is one of the most exciting things uh, our applications of self-painting assays, I believe in the future where we are trying to predict the outcomes of other complex assays, which may be time-consuming to perform, may be costly. Uh, there may be so many reasons why it's difficult to perform these complex assays, while self-painting could be a really good stand-in. It could be a really good substitute for these assays. And you may be able to perform these very quickly, as I said, within a week, and um, gain knowledge over the system um, really fast. So. Um, I, these are the applications which have some proof, but also these are the ones that uh, we should look forward to in the future. And in the case of the jump data set that I talked about previously, these are the kinds of applications that we are interested in exploring and uh, making new discoveries. And nevertheless, are there challenges and limitations associated with uh, cell painting techniques? How can one overcome and improve effectiveness and reliability of results if there are? Yeah, so uh, I think one of the main drawbacks or the main limitations of this kind of approach is that not every chemical treatment or genetic perturbation uh, in the cell is going to have a morphologic change in the cells. Um, so this method may not be general enough to be applied to every single uh, compound that one might want to study. So that could be a big limitation on this step. There's no easy way to overcome this, uh, so definitely, but this is something that one should keep in mind when using image-based profiling as a part of the experimental workflow. But um, 
The other thing, uh, challenge could be that the sensitivity of the experiment, which I mentioned previously, it could be good, but at the same time, it can also pose some technical problems. For example, very small differences in experimental conditions or patch effects that can really be visible in cell painting and can um, overpower the signal in the data. So standardization of protocols, standardization of equipments uh, across different uh, uh, places or experiments can often be critical uh, in order to make sure that the signal in the data is amplified. And also um, developing computational methods in order to deal with these uh, experimental artifacts is also crucial. And there's a lot of work that is happening in this space uh, right now. And I'm hoping that in the next couple of years, uh, we will have these standard methods that can eliminate these technical artifacts. And therefore, uh, we'll have a higher signal in the data and we can make uh, discoveries with them. You, you already mentioned it, that you've set up a large data set with cell painting, and this was due to the progress uh, that has been made with regard to automation and scalability. How could this be achieved so that screening tasks in early pharmaceuticals are now feasible to do with this approach? Yeah, uh, in recent times, uh, there has been lots of advancements, both in the the wet lab aspects of cell painting as an experiment, also in the data analysis components of it. Uh, of course, we've had, we now have robotics uh, that have really automated the wet lab aspects of the experiment. It's not unique just to cell painting, but definitely uh, for all kinds of wet lab experiments, we do have that and cell painting can benefit from that as well. We also have automated uh, microscopes these days, which can easily capture images from these uh, uh, experiments as well. And then the advancements in deep learning has really made analysis of these images very quick and easy. Uh, deep learning methods have specifically been powerful with segmentation of cells and also with feature extraction. So definitely um, uh, all the advancements in the last few years have uh, sped up uh, image-based profiling further on top of already it being a fast method. Now, these advancements in uh, robotics and deep learning have accelerated uh, or sped up the uh, performance of, uh, sped up the uh, time it takes to perform these experiments and therefore uh, its use in uh, pharmaceutical research. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's been used in early pharmaceutical research drug discovery, but what are the changes and challenges that now arise for collaborations between pharmacists, toxicologists, pathologists, and oncologists through the use of these cell painting technologies? And how can these areas be successfully integrated to achieve the greatest possible benefit when using or when going with uh, cell painting approaches? Uh -huh. Communication across the fields is probably the biggest challenge. Um, that was, I guess, the biggest challenge that we had when we were working on the jump data set as well and production of that, because uh, it requires expertise from so many different fields and people from different fields to come together in order to be able to generate the data set, uh, design the ex uh, experiments, generate the data set, uh, do the analysis, and also do data interpretation. Uh, but given that so many different steps are involved and so much ex expertise from different fields are required, 
I feel that uh, all these people working together uh, is definitely something that helps with uh, getting the best out of uh, a self-contained data set. Like we require expertise from cell biologists. Uh, we need geneticists if you're working with genetic motivation experiments. Of course, we need chemists if you're studying chemical compounds, microscopists in order to capture the images. We need image analysts to process the images and data scientists to analyze the data. So definitely, uh, uh, we need people from several fields to come together in order to be able to analyze this. And collaboration between them is definitely uh, necessary and also makes it uh, uh, important for being successful and achieving the most greatest possible benefit. Mm. So cell painting relies on machine learning or and artificial intelligence meaning that these technologies are interacting um, and synergizing each other. Um, and how does these technologies have improved efficiency and accuracy when identifying potential compounds and drugs, in your opinion? Or are there already data you can share? Right. So uh, definitely machine learning and artificial intelligence are really fast evolving fields. And in recent times, whenever there has been advancements in computer vision and computer science, uh, people have been able to immediately incorporate and integrate that with biological experiments. And cell painting is a field, or cell painting and image-based profiling is a field which is sort of at the uh, intersection of computer science and biology in that way. So advancements in machine learning and artificial intelligence immediately end up in uh, image-based profiling experiments for both data analysis and also for all other aspects of the experiments as well. And uh, yeah, in recent times, as and when new methods develop, they, we find that they quickly outperform the old methods that were uh, in existence, um, uh, especially in the field of uh, image segmentation and feature extraction, the advancements in deep learning have, uh, has been significant, and these advancements have begun to outperform the classical approaches of segmentation and feature extraction. Uh, increasingly, papers are now being written where people use only the deep learning-based approaches and not even use the classical uh, segmentation feature extraction approaches. And uh, so the advancements have definitely helped in those steps. But also advancements have helped with uh, some of the downstream analysis also. For example, discovering uh, links between how, which compounds affect which genes. So links between genes and compounds is a quite a challenging problem, especially in self-painting data sets. We have been trying to work on it for a while using classical approaches without a lot of success. But we find that use of deep learning in order to find these hidden links uh, has been much more successful. And uh, we're hoping that in the next uh, year or so, there'll be a bunch of papers which will be discussing this in further details. So definitely the advancements are uh, translating immediately into the space and uh, helping with biological discoveries. Mm. You, you, you mentioned genetics, and this brings me to the next question. What, roles, what role plays the integration of cell-painting data with other data sources, such as genomics, proteomics, even metabolomics, so that you can obtain a comprehensive understanding of the targets you're interested in and also the mechanisms of action that are involved? Yes, so uh, there have been a few data sets in recent times which have involved um, 
which have which have both aspects, the cell painting uh, aspects to them, and also some other omic data set also being a part of it. And uh, we find that there is a lot of complementary information uh, between the cell painting or image-based profiling data sets and other omic data sets, specifically genomic data sets and proteomic data sets. And what we find is that integration of both these uh, uh, like different kinds of omic data set together seems to, in general, increase the power of the profiling approach itself. Um, there's, uh, there are some aspects which are well captured using images, while there are other aspects that genomics uh, outperform cell uh, imaging-based assays. But the integration of the two uh, seems to be outperforming uh, those methods individually. So definitely having simultaneous data from different omics methods for your experiments is definitely a good thing to have. Wonderful. Very interesting and exciting. Um, how can cell painting contribute to the development of personalized medical approaches and better predict the efficacy of drugs for individual patients? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel that the high-throughput nature of cell painting and image-based profiling plus the cost, which I mentioned, uh, and the sensitivity of the method, I think will find a natural role in better predicting uh, efficacy of drugs for individual patients and in personalized medicine. I don't have a lot of particular examples to share at this moment, but I'm fairly optimistic that Given the strengths of cell painting, it will end up uh, serving a greater role in development of personalized medicine. Yeah, um, you already mentioned you need large data, and now we have personalized data. What role do these large data volumes and data security play in the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence in pharmaceutical research, in um, academical research? Yeah, so the large data volumes, of course, uh, are indispensable for uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence applications, um, both in pharma and in academic space. Uh, in the, at this point, I guess I need to stress the importance of having public data sets, because there are large data sets, but many of these are proprietary. But having public data sets will definitely enable a wide range of people, both in the academic space and in pharma, to be able to use these kinds of data and to make novel discoveries. So uh, here's a plug, I guess, for the Jump data set, and I invite people to make use of this data set to uh, train their models and make biological discoveries. Mm -hmm. um, this brings me already to my last question, um, which somehow is, uh, it's not only one question, it's, it's, it's independent three questions. So taking all this information together, um, or the efforts you have to, to, to do to go for, for, for cell painting, to use cell painting efficiently. Is the use of cell painting combined with machine learning and artificial intelligence um, in pharmaceutical research justified? Uh, what are the main achievements that have already been accomplished? Just a recap. And what, in your opinion, are the future aspects and challenges that do you see for the successful integration of both technology or three te all three technologies into the early pharmaceutical research process as a general standard? Yeah, to answer the question whether uh, cell painting, uh, the integration of cell painting with machine learning and AI is justified, uh, I guess a few years ago, I would have said that it's not there yet uh, because uh, 
the application of AI in self-painting was still in its uh, uh, early stages, but in recent years, uh, based on all the results that we have been able to see, it definitely looks like that is the way forward. Uh, it's still not there yet. Uh, we are able to outperform the classical methods, but not by a significant margin. So definitely it's going to take some more time uh, to have better models and better ways of uh, training the uh, models and also better use of the models in order to be able to uh, convincingly say that um, machine learning and artificial intelligence being integrated to self any data set is a good thing. So uh, I'm fairly optimistic that it's going to happen in a few years' time, but we are still in that transition state. Um, I guess regarding the uh, main achievements that have been accomplished, uh, yeah, some of the things that I highlighted previously, which is mechanism of action prediction is something that uh, uh, it, this method has been really successful in being able to uh, predict. But the one uh, application that I'm very excited about, uh, which I also mentioned, was predicting the outcomes of uh, other assays, uh, especially in the case of, let's say, something like uh, uh, a toxic, uh, toxicity assay. So you may not be able, uh, need to run experiments in, let's say, animal models or something, and you may be able to discover a lot of essential biology related to, to toxicity in cell systems in vitro, and uh, that uh, could really be beneficial uh, in avoiding having to test all these toxic compounds in animals. So there could be a lot of uh, positives that could come out of that. So I'm quite excited about that in the future. Um, I guess the last question was about uh, the uh, future aspects and challenges of this uh, particular uh, approach. Um, I guess the main challenges right now, um, uh, the way I see it, uh, that we need in order to be able to use uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning uh, in self-learning data sets, we do need these large data sets, high quality data sets. The jump data set is one such uh, data set, but it may not be sufficient. We may need a much bigger one in the future. So it may be nice to have uh, some of these publicly available data sets and people putting an effort towards releasing these things publicly so that we are able to train better models. And at the same time, um, another thing that I mentioned, which is the sensitivity of the method, um, it can be a boon, but it also can be a pain because uh, so many uh, technical artifacts and other things can plague the data set if the experiments are not performed in a consistent manner. So developing methods, um, the field working together in order to develop methods to tease out the signal from all the noise will be really helpful uh, in order to be able to make interesting pharmaceutical research. So I feel like that is a challenge for the field, and I hope that we are able to find ways around it. Yeah, let's keep fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> but I'm agreeing with you. Niranj, thank you so much. So we, we've indeed reached the end of the interview already. And thank you so much for your exciting insights into this very exciting topic of cell painting, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and um, pharmaceutical research. I wish you a pleasant, from my perspective, evening, from your perspective, day. And I would also like our viewers for staying with us so long and wish them also a happy day or a great evening. Take care and goodbye. Thank you, sir.